On this episode of AV Week, ways that you can help eliminate the stress of your employees during this time as they get into the holidays as well as 2021, and a new installation of Transparent LCD and how it can transform the digital signage industry. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 487, recorded Friday, December 18th, 2020. Wheaton's Law. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by Just Add Power, the global leader in video over IP solutions with systems that give you easy installation, unmatched scalability, and outstanding performance. And by Vadio, makers of the new NDI professional broadcast camera, the RoboShot 30E NDI with simultaneous HDMI and full new tech NDI streaming. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. Uh, the last recording we'll do, uh, sort of weekly recording we'll do for AV Week for this year. Uh, first and foremost, the lovely and talented AV Dawn. Dawn Mead, welcome, ma'am. Thanks for having me, Tim. Absolutely. And the lovely and talented Bradford Ben. Welcome, sir. Thank you for having me, lovely and talented, Tim. It's always your pleasure for me to be here. It is indeed. And I have already lost uh, control, but that's okay. Because uh, I'm wearing a Christmas suit. So, you know, it's it's apparently ugly. Today, we're, we're, it's, it's December 18th, and apparently today is ugly Christmas. No, it's March 293rd. Uh, Notice the calendar says so. Bradford it's March 293rd. I don't know. You... The internet told me it was National Ugly Sweater Day, so I, you know, suited up. And everything on the internet must be true. Hey. Well, and I would argue that that Dawn's sweater is not ugly. My suit, my jacket is ugly. Hers... Well, your, your your jacket has an unfair advantage of it's on you. Wow. Okay. On that note. <laughs> I mentioned the fact that this is the last one of these that we're going to do for the year, at least here in these studios. Uh, we will be recording uh, a best of uh, where our fantastic producer Mitchell will go over uh, the most listened to, most downloaded um, episodes of the year and then cobble them together and tell me what to say. Uh, also, we'll be doing a year in review uh, towards the first, first part of the year. So this is the last weekly roundup you'll get from us until uh, the first Friday in, in January. So uh, that is why I wore my festive, you know, Christmas jacket. Um, and there you go. And, and Dawn's, you know, in her sweater. And I'm not quite sure what Bradford's wearing. I'm sure a black t-shirt of some sort. Black t-shirt with the Creative Commons logo on it. Very and, nice. Uh, Star Wars pajama bottoms. Okay, thank you for that. I appreciate the wearing of the pants. All right, down, here we go. Uh, first story comes to us from our friends over at uh, Commercial Integrated. The five ways AV leaders can eliminate stress and reboot for change in 2021. Uh, Joel Patterson outlined the ways savvy AV leaders can help themselves and their employees in the new year. A couple ways that uh, our, our friends over at, uh, at Commercial Integrator outlines here, and our buddy Craig McCormick wrote this piece. Um, one of them is is uh, being empathetic to their employees as they try to manage stress, but not only during COVID, but also during you know the the holiday season. 
um, and you know, also making sure that your employees have what they need, both from a physical standpoint, meaning if you're working from home, do you have all of the, the tools that you need? But also from an emotional you know, standpoint and a mental standpoint, you know, creating an environment that is healthy. Bradford, we'll start on, with you on this as, as you have transitioned out now uh, from one employer and you, you started your own deal. Um, you have worked for large corporations as well as, as smaller uh, entities. Which ones do you think do it better? Is it, is it the large corporations that have the tools and, and the, the resources to create things like um, you know, you know, mental health facilities or mental health um, options? Or is it the smaller uh, organizations that are more in touch and in tune you know, on, the, on the ground with their folks? So I actually think that's a good, thoughtful question. And it's actually making me think a little bit about it. And I think it's yes to both because I think it's different approaches. Okay. Allow me to explain. A smaller company, like when I joined my first company way back when last century, before Don was born, uh, I it was a company with 13 people. There were different stressors, but we were much more family. We were much more, let's all work together, get this done. That, but we didn't have as many resources to allocate for mental health and tools and other things. But that was like, we're all in this together. Kind of like Tim, you, me, Mitchell, Mitch, Matt, Don, I, everyone in AV nation, except for, you know, those who we don't like, which I'll let you figure out who those are. They're on the naughty list. Uh, we all work together and talk to each other and figure out what each person needs. But then you go to the big companies and that doesn't happen as much. Uh, because a lot of that is management driven. And a lot of that depends on who your direct manager is. I've had managers who were like, how can I help? Tell me what you need. Let's go do this. I've had other managers who were just like, just get it done. But then I look at some of the, my previous employer, like universal, they had a great employee assistance program. Uh, theirs was you get six counseling sessions free, real licensed therapists, not affiliated with, universal completely outside free great coping things you could just call them up schedule on your own off you go universal or Harmon had a different program wasn't quite as self-reliant as this one was but it also had a different management style part of that's because of the direct managers i had some direct managers i didn't you know were great at balancing work and life and stress and all that other managers sucked. So I think it's as much about the management team and practice as it is about any of the resources or dollar signs or wherever you want to put it, because a good manager should manage to make it to balance work-life balance, to make sure their employees are, I'm not going to go with happy because that's beyond anyone's control, but healthy, safe, have the tools they need, all of that. Whereas it's just as easy for a manager to go, well, I don't have the money to do this. So tough, suck it up, buttercup. So, you know, I don't think it's a company thing. I think it's a direct management thing. Yes. Universal did a good job because they had, they took great pride in, especially knowing with customer facing uh, team members of making sure they were taken care of, but it all comes down to what tools you're going to be given how you're able to deal with it, what leeway you're going to be given by your direct management that has an awful lot to do with this. 
And I think that's one of the things that's going to change as a result of COVID or the new normal, whatever you want to call it. Don't say uh, new normal. I, 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 you know, I was never normal before, so I, this is it, true. it doesn't this apply. Is uh, right. But the whole idea of management is going to include empathy training, going to include that, not just a make sure your employees on time that you meet your budget and you fill out your TPS report and all of this. It's going to be, look, you know, this is more important. Let's get a little empathy. If we support our 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 workers, they'll support us. And I think that's going to be the big change that if you read through all of Craig's article, it's very much the underlying statement all the way across of to follow Wheaton's law. And I'm going to say it and you're going to say, okay, there we go. But to follow Wheaton's law, for those who aren't familiar with it, don't be a dick. And if you follow that, you're pretty much going to follow everything that was outlined in, in Craig's article in commercial integrator. Yeah. And, and, and the Wheaton there is, is Will Wheaton from uh, all sorts of things. What fantastic, fantastic person in general. Um, Don, you, you also have worked for both, you know, large corporation and, and small mom and pops take the same kind of approach and, and, and look at it going forward. You currently work for a large, you know, multinational. So going forward, it, it, you know, is Bradford right where this comes down really to your immediate supervisor and, and who it is that's managing you that will impact, you know, your, your, you know, health and, and your, you know, um, not happiness because Bradford's right that, but, but your, your you know, mental health as well as comfort level going as we all go back to work. So I agree, <laughs> write this down, somebody, I agree entirely with Bradford in that um, it is really, it comes down to your leadership and I've worked for mom and pops that had no more than 20, 15 employees. But even though we didn't have the massive budgets, they made sure that it was important to them to include some sort of mental health coverage or health coverage that allowed us to take care of our needs and our family's needs. And there are, by the same token, large corporations that, eh, you're just a number, we get you a health care plan and you're good. Fortunately, redacted, where I work currently, um, has a fantastic EAP, Employee Assistance Program, fantastic health coverage available. You know, all of those things are available. But even at that, with all the wellness programs, wellness fairs and events that they do and, and sending out messages of goodwill, you know, from the different levels of leadership, it still comes down to who is your direct manager, who's your direct boss. And Wheaton's Law absolutely applies. If your direct boss is kind of a dick, you're not going to be in a great mental place even if you have all of these programs and, and, and ability or facilities available to you. Whereas if you've got someone that really cares and empathizes and understands and is willing to work with you, it doesn't matter if you don't even have coverage, they will help you get what you need in order to stay sane. And honestly, I, I don't, everybody that is listening to this or watching this, go find that article it is a fantastic article, as Bradford mentioned, as Tim mentioned. There's a lot of great stuff in there that I'm going to use personally, not at work. Um, you know, ideas and thoughts about, you know, change management versus or change excitement versus change fatigue, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but this is a weird year. I don't think there is a new normal. This is just an incredibly stressful year. I've talked to physician friends who said every person they have that's been on anti-stress or antidepressants have upped their doses and lots of people that are on them for the first time. Um, I've talked to my dentist who said he's seeing teeth fractures and, and um, jaw damage from grinding teeth. Yeah. 
at a level he's never seen in his career, you know, and he's been a dentist forever. So this is not a normal, (laughs) even if we want to call it the new normal, it is not normal this year and, and going into next year. So I think we need to definitely try not to be dicks, take advantage of what your companies have to offer. If your company doesn't offer something, you know what? There are great relaxation apps on online. There are websites. There are community resources. The important thing is, even if you're stuck in a house by yourself for the 12th month in a row, you know, you can reach out even electronically. You can chat with friends. You can stay sane and get through things. And just to kind of jump on what Don's saying, uh, let's let's continue the we all love Will Wheaton uh, thread. One of the organizations he supports is an organization called NAMI, National Association of Mental, I forget what the I stands for, my apologies, dot org. Illness. I can look it up. I have the entire internets here. Uh, so It's but, your rule. I'm just pointing I out. I know. I'm looking it up right now. I'm sorry. I thought I had it, and then I lost it. But they offer uh, National Alliance on Mental Illness. They have free counseling and resources to get you in touch with. NAMI.org. It's confidential. They even do stuff via text. You know, this is a stressful time. It is. This, no matter what, reaching out for help is not a sign of weakness. It's probably the strongest thing someone can ever do. I honestly urge you, go out, ask for help. If you're completely stuck on who to ask for help from, call Tim, call me. I'll volunteer Don. Call Don. You've got Send friends. Us you're listening or to send this. us a DM. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. We're here yeah, this for is you. Historically, and this is just in general, Christmas and, and the holidays in general, not you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, you know, all of the holidays that fall within the December area um, are typically one of the worst from a mental health standpoint. And then you add on top of it the, the, the pandemic and everything else and all the uncertainty. Um, this is going to be a, a rough ride for some folks. So, yeah, absolutely. Reach out. And, you know, if you don't know, like Bradford said, DM us. And, and we've not we as in the three of us, but the, but the community has we have people physically in your area or, you know, we can reach out and, and do it virtually. Absolutely. Um, next story actually comes to us from our friends over at AV Magazine. Nike opened up a brand spanking new um, flagship store in the middle of the pandemic uh, at the Champs-Élysées, no less. So, you know, fancy schmancy. Um, if you've not been to the Champs-Élysées, it is a ginormous boulevard uh, with shops up and down it and a handful of, of restaurants. Um, but actually, not as many as I, I thought there would be. And the very end is, is the Arc de Triomphe. Um, and if you ever make your, your way to Paris uh, and you need to get across the street to the Arc de Triomphe, don't do what I did and try to cross the street because it's a roundabout. There's actually an underground tunnel. And I'm not kidding here. I played Frogger at night because I couldn't find how to get across there. But anyhow. What you should do is just wait till July till they close the whole thing off for Tour de France. And just, you know, when the cyclists aren't there. Just or you cross. could do what Bradford said, which is actually smarter than that. So, yeah. Anyhow, Champs-Élysées, brand new spanking uh, Nike store. Part of this, though, um, 2,400 uh, square um uh, meters of forest place, space, but one of the parts of this is a, a new pro display um, installation. Pro display is a, a UK based manufacturer that has transparent LCD throughout this. And Don, I'm going to start with you on this. You and I have been long um, suffering 
fans of, of OLED, right? And, and this is where this, this led me to because transparent LCD and, and transparent LED uh, is, is kind of that next generation, uh, next iteration, not just of digital signage, but of signage in general and of, of this art experience or this experience, the uh, experiential design that Avixa has been talking about for years. When you look at installations like this and you're able to, to go and, and talk either with colleagues, maybe not necessarily where you work, but in, in other uh, avenues, you start talking about things like this. What are other areas that we can see the transparent displays being placed? Well, I mean, the, the possibilities are really endless. I mean, it, it's up to your creativity. You're, if you're a designer, if you get to spec what things are going in and you have a budget that you can spend, you know, the sky's the limit, literally. Um, uh, back at the virtual Infocom, possibly, or one of the virtual shows earlier in the year, I sent Tim a link to a product that was similar to this um, transparent LED screen that's in Paris, but it's actually a, a like a snap glass, but it's a snap glass that can turn into an LED wall. And things like that are phenomenal. Prior to working where I do now, I worked for a company that did, you know, digital signage and large displays. And one of the things they did is up in Detroit, I believe, a convention center where they had an LED wrap around the building. So instead of just the little marquee saying who's playing at the convention center, they would just turn this whole LED on. You could still see from the outside, from inside out. But when they turn it on, you, the whole front of the building becomes their sign. Um, products like that, you know, that's a mesh. You can see it up there when it's not on. This new transparent stuff is phenomenal because it looks like a window. It looks like, in, in the case of the Paris uh, photos that we saw in the article, you know, it looks like a piece of glass in front of some fancy 3D sculpted floor markers, you know, fourth floor, fifth floor, whatever. But then when you turn it on and it becomes this experience and it draws you in and, you know, the first thing you think is, oh, my God, how did they do that? And then it, it just transfixes you because it's so beyond what we are used to. But it's like what we've been dreaming of. It's that minority report, Tony Stark with his things invisibly in the air flying. You know, it's all of this stuff that's been the realm of fantasy previously that's becoming a reality. And us as the AV industry, when we have the possibility to be part of that, to be at the center of that, just limited by our imaginations, it's exciting. I'm excited. And where I work now, I don't necessarily get to play with all this stuff the way, but every once in a while I get a project and a budget and I can play and it's a great time to be an AV. That's all I can say. All right. Bradford, interesting side off of what Tom was saying there. If When we look at you know, people point back to, to Iron Man and, and Tony Stark and, and the, the Jarvis, both from a display standpoint, but also from a control system standpoint. Um, you look at, you know, Minority Report, you look at it, at um, old school um, Star Trek. Um, are, are we getting to the point where at least the stuff where, that you and me and Don and, and folks, of, let's call them Gen Xers, because that's kind of where we're at, grew up with maybe not millennials and, and some of their, you know, fantasy um, AV, but certainly Gen Xers and uh, what we grew up with, you know, pontificating on and, and future casting on. Are we getting to the point where, where that's becoming a reality? We're getting really close. Uh, so I will say I have played with these products we're talking about. Uh, 
there are various papers I've read and studied during my last job for exactly doing this interactive gesture control, glasses list, uh, VR, all those types of things. There are some great articles about how to project a 3D image that you interact with via IR sensors as you wave your hands. All of this is coming. All of it's becoming true. What's starting to happen is as these things are coming true, reality is starting to hit. Uh, and the example I'll use is, yes, having the hand sensors that you can wave and do, put an image here and, oh, look, I want the calendar there and I want bookshelves here and I want this and that is great until someone else walks into the room. And that's kind of where I joke of this is, yeah, all this technology is true. This LCD stuff is great. I love it. It's got some unbelievable applications, but some of the applications are better for, for transparent OLED, uh, which I know everyone's going to laugh about, but this, for instance, you have to light the background behind, which means it has to be a specific controlled environment, but an OLED that I can hook up to a computer and do, do projection on and also be able to, because of smarts, have it interact with the devices behind it, let's say, can be really cool. Uh, if you look at some of the museum technology that's out there, I'm sorry, I don't remember the museum at the moment, but they haven't. They have a projection mapping in real time depth analysis on a pile of sand. Now, let me explain this a little bit, and I'll go look for the article. But this is where we're getting is the visitors get to go in and model and play with the sand, build sandcastles, build hills, etc., and about after 10 seconds or so, the projector comes back and puts on contour lines and does other things to finish the landscape because it's real-time rendering using a game engine to determine what it should look like. So that is very close to reality of what we're talking about, of being able to model something and have something react to it immediately. So seeing the Tony Stark, the voice-operated a computer system, the gesture bases, the I'm thinking about something and I'm looking at something is all really close to there. It's amazingly close, but right now it's all very laboratory based. And I do think as has been proven before, deploying it worldwide and to the general population becomes a challenge. The reason I say this is I know I have I have a specific speech pattern. Don has a specific speech pattern. Tim has a specific speech pattern. The Canadians have a specific speech pattern. Everyone has one. So voice recognition starts to become interesting. Now we can look at, are your fingers fat, skinny? Do you have all of them? Do you not have all of them? What happens if you're, you know, all those little things start to get into gesture controls. But I do think a lot of this is coming. I do think a lot of it is actually based on the idea that I love of what if I saw this, what if, you know, the idea of this transparent LCD display that you can place lots of places, cost to performance, it's lower than, than an OLED. I'll give you that much. And it does some That's really not cool things. Much. It I really mean, I, is. I, it's oh, fun. no, no, I'm serious because, because as much as I love OLED, that's even one of the, the drawbacks is, is the expense of it. Right. But like, so for instance, looking at the article, and I know we'll have a link to it at some point, the idea of I can put a sensor that figures out where the person's standing 
And then I could then say, let me get put the artwork here so that not projection mapping mappings per se, but display mapping of so that what I see looks like it should against the item behind it. Mm. So that if someone's standing there and they're looking at the wayfinding thing and they're at this angle, it twists a little bit and turns a little bit. All those little things start to become a possibility. But even for these things where you're not thinking of just the application where it's interactive and this is the experience, these things have great uses elsewhere. You know, a transparent LCD screen that I can put up in front of, let's say, a calendar or artwork I already have in the building or a different screen even can give me all sorts of cool things for depth. You know, just they're using it for wayfinding. This is great for wayfinding. You know, if I'm running an operations center, can you imagine if I put one of these on a door that's typically transparent on a glass door? And if, oh, no, it's a bad thing, instead of having, you know, do not enter contamination in progress, if the entire door turned red, it's it's a step above e-ink to full motion. And thinking just for entertainment, while I love that, because that's how many of us make our livings, the real use is probably going to be more in Don's market of the, I can put this display someplace and have it out of the way and have this function as a warning alert without having to tie into a video system, its own standalone overlay. So instead of overly complicating things with, if the screens in this one and that changes to this and that does that, I put this over a screen. And if now there's a problem, it turns red completely irregardless of what the screens behind it do. All of a sudden it becomes a great signaling tool. So there are so many more uses of this than just the generic, oh, let me use it as wayfinding. Let me use it as this. There are places it's been deployed already that, you know, it's made a huge difference. It's it's a really cool technology. But I do see your point of we as Gen Xers or the sci-fi uh, generation, as I prefer to call us, we see this stuff and go, why can't we make it work? And we figure out how to make it work. You know, there's the infamous story of, Shatner giving a talk at a nerd convention and his phone rings and he pulls out a Star Trek flip phone that's, you know, it's a Star Trek communicator and he makes the comment about it. So, yeah, I do think this is all being driven by us and the fact that we don't know it's not possible. But, and I'm going to, I already agreed with you once this show, Bradford, and that's once this year. (laughs) I'm going to disagree with you on at least one thing you said, and that's that things are now possible, but we have to get them there. Mm-hmm. Back when Star Trek was on, it was the imagination of Hollywood, the imagination of sci-fi writers that have eventually come to pass. But what we as what you're calling the sci-fi generation have done is we've sort of flipped the script a little because those examples I mentioned and several others exist. The mm-hmm. Minority Report and um, Jarvis... Uh, Tony Stark technology was a prototype of a company that is in our industry that I demoed at one of my facilities for collaboration. I know we don't like to use brand names, so I won't. No, no, go ahead. It's a fantastic story. Uh, Yeah. Oblong mezzanine. The oblong mezzanine, the reason it's not in use everywhere in the world is it's still expensive, but it's badass. You know, 
um, Big Bang Theory. Sheldon builds a robot, and it's the crazy. We all Sheldon. know where that really came from. It's, that was a prototype of someone in our industry that you can now buy, and they come to Infocom. You know, even the LED screens and the LCDs, OLED screens that are in front of other things, they're new and exciting for wayfinding, and they're new, ex new and exciting somewhat for retail. But if you go to Vegas, they've had the, the, the display over screen on slot machines, some of the high-end stores in like Caesars Palace and those places in the shops. They've, they've had the, the clear screen in front of, you know, the jewelry or the Jimmy Choo shoes or what have you for a while now. And so these things that we used to say, whoa, wouldn't it be cool if we need to figure that out? We're figuring it out and then it's becoming a reality. And now it's just getting all of you listening and watching that are integrating for the corporate world, for the government world, for the entertainment world, for the whatever world to just start using some of the stuff. Just start expanding your client's mind that things are possible and then say, okay, let's work on budgets. Let's look at, yeah. you know, because we're not going to get an economy of scale until there's demand for economy of scale. You know what I mean? And, and but it's very exciting right now. Like I said, excited to be part of the industry. I agree with you 100%. All of this has been around for a while. Uh, but I also think one of the challenges we as an industry have, and we is the joke I make about Bluetooth. I can put Bluetooth on my on my uh toothbrush but why you know i want the technology to tell the story yeah, i want you know the this is how it makes things better uh yep. but i agree with you 100 percent. this has all been here for a while it's the economy of scale and the fact i hate to say it's becoming commonplace out of the lab into reality Real quickly, the uh, Don mentioned um, Oblong. The, the the founder of Oblong is a gentleman by the name of John Underkoffler, and he was actually uh, on the technical um, team for Minority Report. He came from the MIT uh, Media Lab, and based on his work at the MIT Media Lab and his work on the movie Minority Report, we have Oblong. So there you go. Uh, all right, guys, that's going to do it uh, for us for this uh, this episode and, and quite frankly for this year. So thank you both so much. Dawn Mead, how do people get a hold of you? I'm still laughing at Bradford's last comment because I have a toothbrush with Bluetooth. So, so I, did, why? I, I didn't want to give it to him, though. I didn't buy it. I want it, but it's still funny. Anyway, <laughs> folks cannot find me at work because that's big old secret. Unless you know, you don't know. Sorry, but you can always find me here at avnation.tv hosting when I remember to get this guest scheduled uh, your AV social show, which didn't air this month, but we will see you in January. Um, you can find me popping up on AV Week and other such shows here with Tim and the gang. And of course, you can always find me on the socials, either Dawn Mead, M-E-A-D-E, or at AV Dawn. All right, very good. Mr. Ben, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me as always, Tim. Uh, people can find me at my new company, Advisist, A-D-V-I-S-I-S-T.com. Make sure you sign up to get your free calendar swag. Uh, also, I send out all sorts of cool tweets from Advisist. I'm also at AV Nation, where I pretend to be Tim's boss. Uh, and you can find me on the Twitters at Bradford Ben. And remember, everyone, be healthy, be helpful. You know, we're all in this together. So to quote Mr. Wheaton again, don't be a dick. Uh, so, Tim, I apologize for making fun of your of your uh, 
of your jacket and congratulations on getting through hard 75. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a big day for you because it is your completion day. So congratulations to Tim. Oh, thank you, uh, sir. And uh, once again, thanks for coming. Also, Tim, Paige, Mitchell, and I have discussed it. We are, in fact, going to have an episode of the Bradford Project next year just talking about your opinion of Star Wars movies. That is fine. I, and, and again, I will, before you get there, since we're no still spoilers. recording. No spoilers. I enjoyed myself. That's all I'm going to say. Um, real quickly, before I, I tell you not to follow me on the Twitters, and you shouldn't because at this point I'm bemoaning the Bears. Um, Are the Bears still playing? Uh, technically, they, they technically still have dates, yes, on the calendar. Um, a dear friend of this show and of the community suffered yeah. something really, really bad this week. Joe Way. Um, and Joe, this does not count as a name drop, so this does not count as a retweet. Um, suffered a, a, a pretty significant tra uh, tragedy. His, his home burnt down uh, this week. Had a fire at the house, and um, George Fournier. Okay. Yeah, everyone's okay. Yeah, sorry, thank Let's you. Um, everyone's okay. Thing. There was no loss of life, but certainly loss of, of everything else. Uh, a week before you know Christmas and the holidays, uh, and our other friend George Fournier, who who runs AB Cares, um, has set up a, a, a GoFundMe. Actually, I don't think uh, I don't think George set up the GoFundMe. Someone else set up the GoFundMe, but there is a GoFundMe for Joe uh, and his family. So check that out. Uh, I'll get with Mitchell and make sure that that link is on this episode's uh, website. So uh, check that out and, and support Joe in any way you can. Uh, really, really, you know, in general, absolutely, Don. It was hard to go out to him. Uh, in general, it's a, that's, a, that's a tough thing, but certainly during the holidays, it's, it's sometimes it's even worse. So uh, our, our thoughts and our, our, our hearts go out to him and his family. So check that out. And again, you support him where you can. Uh, for us, for AV Nation, go by our website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. You'll find this program and a host of others, including our other weekly that the worst Canadian in the world hosts, Mr. Matt Scott, looking at the residential side of the AV industry. Uh, also a number of monthlies, including the one that Dawn mentioned, uh, her uh, uh, AV social check out all sorts of others also while you're there check out our supporters section these are the folks who help us uh, and support us and bring you uh, av week and resi week and all the things else that we will be doing during 2021 what those things are who knows because the vaccine just landed and you know uh we're taking bets um i think bradford's probably gonna win but uh, we're taking bets on the which ones we're going to do in person and which not. So check all that out and more. Uh, and since this is the last one, uh, wish you and yours a very Merry Christmas, a happy holidays, whichever holiday you uh, you do celebrate, but do so with family and friends as safely as possible, but make sure that you get yourself around people, uh, even virtually, that, that love and support you and, and help you uh, do, be the best person you can be. Um, really quickly, uh, last thing, um, thank you guys uh, for... Uh, supporting me. Uh, this was a crazy um, year uh, health-wise, uh, and I, I did something I never thought I would do. And um, both from the social media as well as private messages and emails, uh, incredible support. That was not what I was looking for, uh, but it was very nice surprise nonetheless. So thank you all so much. So uh, check all that out and more at avianation.tv. That is avianation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week. <laughs>